We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, everything, everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About, about, about. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. She's Lisa V. And he's Randall Keith. And this is another episode of Brunch Culture, the weekly show where everything is up for discussion. It is. And I'm so glad we just came through Irma. Um, I'm this so glad that we made though. it. Yeah. I was not I was not fearful until the wind came. Right? Like I was like Oh, it's not that bad. People are checking on me. Are you scared? You prepared? I was like, I'm from Florida. We got hurricanes all the time. It's just a category of one by the time it gets to us. It ain't nothing. Right. Man, then we, it was like a, I've never heard that. I was like, oh, snap. Let me. And then my phone's going off in the middle of the night, losing that was, power. <laughs> that was the real struggle, though, not having service. Well, that's it. And that, no, when they that tornado warning, and they was like, a tornado is on your side of town. Oh yeah. It was like, listen, I don't know whether I should lie down, get in the tub. I don't know. I probably would have been camped out in the tub for real though. <laughs> real talk, I probably got some sheets and just camped out in the tub. Like, it, I don't even know if that's the safest place. Isn't that what they say? I I remember saying like that's what they say, but I'm like, why is that the safest place? Because it well, I know bathrooms are the safest place because it's like they're in the center of the house, and Mm -hmm. so you know a tornado stuff starts to like fly around, and they can get through like windows or like the outer wall. But if you're kind of like in a bathroom, which is typically kind of like in the center of a house, um, or it like has multiple walls around it, it's kind of it's tougher. Or it's like has to go through more to get to you. I think so. And then I just remember seeing like as a kid when they would have move, movies, actually cartoons with tornadoes, like people would always survive in a bathtub. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Did we used to have tornado drills in school. We had to like go we and did. kneel by the lockers. And kneel by the lockers. But remember, at, I was just like, that's that's stupid because the lockers can they come on fall on us? But like, no. Remember, in I don't know if you remember, but in eighth grade, so I went to JWJ for eighth grade, and too. they had a at the end of the hallway, it was all glass. And so I oh. remember our class being my, my one class, my history class was at the end of the hallway. So we had to walk out and do the drill. And I was like, but why are we out here in this, this big old glass? Like, won't something just come in here and kill us? Like, <laughs> like it's kind of stupid. Like, we shouldn't be in. This don't make no sense. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm glad we made it. I just, I think... I can't imagine what a Category 5 is like yeah. if that was a 1. And we just got the outer bands. Like, yeah. we didn't get the eye. So I can't imagine those part, poor people in the Caribbean, like, our thoughts and prayers. Because they are like, it's nothing. Like, in Barbuda, like, did you see those pictures? Yeah, yeah. No, honestly, the whole... I kept telling people at work, I'm like, yo, being from Florida... Because they were like, I don't understand why people won't evacuate. I was like, look, we're from Florida... We've experienced, we've lived through all kinds of numbers of categories of hurricane, maybe not a five, but everything else is kind of like, eh, I mean, you know, it's fine. As long as you're not by the water, you good. You ain't really got to worry about it. Like, it's cool. But I saw videos of the like whistling of the the wind. And for me, it was like, that's always been a sign that there's a tornado. But 
I'm watching the video and people are like, no, this whistling, it was consistent. It wasn't like it All came. Through the night. Yeah, it was like it wasn't like it came for five minutes. So it was like you really based on the knowledge of us being like, yo, if you hear whistling, then that means a, it's a tornado coming. Imagine being in that state all night. I'm like, I can't. Scared the living daylight. Right? I was like, I gave up on sleep. I was like, you know what? I'm not getting on sleep tonight. I'm not. Even like in Atlanta, they were saying like yesterday, I was talking to uh, my my friend and she was like, in Atlanta, the wind is really, really bad. Like it's made me rethink and reevaluate the way that I approach hurricanes. Now I'm like super nervous and like, y'all got to evacuate. Y'all got to find somewhere else. Yeah, I'm definitely going to another. But the crazy thing is everywhere where people went this time, the storm was there. Like people went to Tallahassee. It went to Tallahassee. People, you know, people was like, we'll go to Atlanta. Now it's going to Atlanta. It's just like, where can I escape? I got to go to California. And then you probably have to deal with like a, a earthquake or something when you get there. I don't, I don't even know how it is for your ground to shake under you. That's a whole nother level of terror. I was talking about that today, yo, like, because we were talking about where it is to live. And my coworker was like, yeah, I've always, you know, envisioned myself moving to florida to retire but now after seeing like the effects of a hurricane and knowing that you guys have to deal with this potentially every year i don't know if that's the best place to go and retire i don't want to be old trying to figure out a way to evacuate and it's like hard for me to to move but i'm like yo everywhere you go that there's some sort of some sort of tornadoes there's some sort of like mother nature is going to affect you in some way but to me just mentally and maybe it's because uh, that's how I was raised. I can't. Um, to me, the ground is safe. <laughs> the ground has <laughs> always been safe. Like you know what I'm saying. Like I, I can. Everything else being up in the air, all this stuff, something coming at you. Like the way to be calm is to get on the ground. If the ground becomes unsafe, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like people to my stand between a uh, a, a door, a doorway. I'm bigger than the doorway, fool. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I go. That's yeah. That to yeah. me scares me probably more than anything. Yeah, I think yeah. My thought is the ground is. That's why my fear of flying, but I have to fly all the time now. Right. <laughs> but I try to psych myself out and be like, Lisa, you're on the side of a of a circle, like so. Literally, you're you're standing like sideways. If you think about the Earth and the universe, so. If that makes sense to you, that don't make no sense to what you just told me. <laughs> like, what? No, what I'm saying is, like, you know where America is on the globe? Okay. So we're, like, actually, if gravity wasn't present, like, if gravity just went, like, away, we okay. would technically not be on the ground. Okay. This is the thing I, like, never mind. But I'm like, you know, but how does that help you? <laughs> because it's like, I'm not safe really on the ground if gravity isn't present. And oh. since gravity helps the plane the way the speed and the way gravity so works it's like it's security for you you feel like mm-hmm. oh some yeah that's my mind will be like but since gravity is here and i'm actually in the air so i'm fighting against gravity to be here anyway what if i lose this fight then gravity is gonna pull me down and i'm crash and burn and i just have to tell myself like I, plane. I get terrified going up like in a plane, takeoff yeah. is the most difficult part for me because I saw on criminal minds and I shouldn't base 
things off Criminal Minds. But Spencer on Criminal Minds, the smart guy, he was like, the probability of something happening mid-flight is very slim because of the 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 pressure and the speed. The greatest risks are the the uh, taking off and the uh, landing. Why would you tell me this, Lisa? Don't tell me. I always think I have it the other way around. The biggest problem is when I'm in the air. Like now you go have no, me on I the plane. I feel fine when I'm there. I feel like I'm secure when I get no, up. Uh-uh. When I hear that beep, when we hit that altitude and they say you can turn on your Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's no. when I. That that's when I feel safe. That doesn't work for me. So well, going up, you're not scared. No, I. To me, every time I got on a plane, if this is the first time I flew a plane, which I was like 21. Um, I just always said that this is not real. I look out and it looks fake. <laughs> um, and still to this day, I look out, I can sit by the window and look out and watch it from start to finish. Cause in my mind, this all looks fake. This is not real. I didn't grow up being on planes. So this is actually something that's not really real. Although I get from like, you know, Florida to DC in a, an hour and a half. And it's like, obviously it's real in my mind. This is all fake. So and it's so, a universe studio simulation ride to you. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. This is just like all like some film <laughs> that's changing. And at some point in time, I'm going to end up to where I'm going. It's a whole nother state, a whole nother place. And I know that, and that's fine, but this can't be real to me. And that's what works for me. So I'm gonna keep moving on with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. We gonna, we gonna ride that out, but um, <laughs> shout out to everybody in Florida, um, and and all the other states that had to endure Irma. I pray you know that you guys make it through. We pray that you guys make it through and that you guys can get back to, um, life your day to day life and pray for those people that lost people because I think there was some fatalities as mm-hmm. a result of Irma. So praying for those people that lost them. And, and when we say praying, I, cause I realize we say that a lot. So I just want to make sure people know we actually do pray for those people. Like we actually include those people in our prayer for real. Like now we just saying it, but we like for real, for real do it. So yeah, we're not, it's not yeah. just like, we just saying it just to say it. Like we actually, we had a pre, we have a pre prayer every, every show. So right. we actually already pray for them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So when we say that we are actually do, I just, cause I was listening to one of our shows and then I listened to another and realized we say praying for them. I was like, people probably be like, they just trying to be politically correct. They not really praying. No, we for real, for real do it for real. <laughs> like, like we can. And actually sometimes those prayers be recorded. Like not that we'll ever put them out, but you know, if we got receipts, if we needed receipts, <laughs> <laughs> we can't use them because some of those prayers we include in some stuff we really need God to help us people yeah, so we'll, help us not say, curse right? out so yeah uh, we'll have to vet them <laughs> if they were ever subpoenaed we'd be like look now this part has nothing to do with evidence to prove that so cut this out because you know sometimes they, they include folks names that we yeah. praying for those people, but we're also praying for ourselves when it comes to those people because, you know, <laughs> sometimes you just be about to get out of pocket. People just push you there. And you already got out of pocket, so you need God to help you uh, uh, repent so and be right, better. You're already, you know me, it's, all, it's I'm already comfortable with it. So it's, it's right around the corner. <laughs> That's really what it is. <laughs> Well, I guess maybe Kiki Watch has to do more praying because her husband, man, that, I think that's a bad segue. Um, that was real bad. I was like, fail, fail, abandoned ship, abandoned ship. Like, no. 
that's not right. right. Abandoned ship. Abandoned ship. Maybe she. Well, and he was. I was he, just introduced. He's it. like a priest. He's a pastor, right? So. He, oh, I like, don't know. Yeah. I don't know. They like. He's like a minister. I, oh, that's why they have so many kids. Like you know, some ministers like having a lot of kids. So I don't know. Yeah. I didn't know. He's like. A I minister. just know. Ki- I just know Kiki Watt from when she had those songs with uh, what's it? What's what's Yvonne. his name? Yvonne. Yvonne. Yeah. They make great music together. Yeah, they do. But so Kiki Watt gets on Instagram, which I thought this was I'm not gonna say it's stupid, but I really have an issue with you putting that deep personal information in a one minute video on Instagram. Um, but she is pregnant, so maybe she's not she's hormonal and that was I just think somebody her age uh, wouldn't shouldn't do that or should think through that the implications of what that does to invite these many people but she is on a reality show so whatever yeah but so she announced that her husband is leaving her she's pregnant with their eighth child is it eighth i think so i think it's yeah it was eighth. or was it that she's eight months pregnant let's ask google yeah so while randall's finding it out i'll go ahead and finish so she told kids does kiki white have <laughs> this is really how I, I get through life, yo. I for real, for real. I just talk to Google, just like it's like I'm asking a friend, like, <laughs> how many kids? And I say stuff like, how many kids does Kiki Wyatt got? And Google figures it out. It's not proper. I love Google. how smart Google is. Oh, Google line. It says two. No, oh. This is a lie. <laughs> no. But she got a lot. They got a lot. And he's divorcing her. And she's pregnant. her ninth child. Ooh. Jesus Christ. Golly G. Willicker is Batman. We gotta stop at some point. Anyway, he's leaving her. She's distraught. He responds and says it's a toxic situation for both of them. And he doesn't want their kids to grow up in that kind of toxic environment. And he will always love her, but it's just best that he not be with her. Damn. Um, Yeah, you probably should have figured it out after like the second or third. Look. Child, I mean, I know they have kids from separate relationships and then they have some together. So I don't know at what number we come to the conclusion because I feel like she's been like, if she is difficult, she's been difficult. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's not like you're not used to her being hormonal and pregnant because you've seen it multiple times. Um, I don't know at what point do you say we should stop having kids, period. Because we don't have our stuff together as a couple, right? Um, that would seem the most logical thing. Listen, I've never been married, so I don't know. Never had a kid, so I don't know. But it just seems you logic got logic, though. You got logic, and logic can get <laughs> you a long way. If we're having a hard time dealing with each other, maybe we shouldn't add people. Continue to add people to this equation. But that's about it. It. <laughs> Sounds about right to me, sister. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're thinking, too? Yeah, I just... Well, first off, let me say, I don't know. So, I watched season three. I probably shouldn't admit this to nobody. But I watched season three of R&B Divas. It's actually really funny. Like, for real, for real. I, I probably one of the most slept-on reality shows because they are... Th- these people are funny. Um... But anyway, yeah, so I, I watched that. But just watching Kiki Wyatt just interact with people in general, 
um, especially her husband, but people in general, it's a little, you know, it's a lot. It seems like a lot. And, and people are like, no, that's really her. Like she's not putting on. It's like one minute she'll kind of be, you know, calm and cool and very rational. And the next minute she'll be like real goofy. And it's like, oh, <laughs> and the next minute she'll be kind of like emotional. It's like, oh, what's wrong? And then she'll be kind of angry. And it's like, wait, 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 hold on. We just went through like three emotions and like no time. This is the same setting. Y'all got on the same clothes. This seems like a lot. However, I completely agree that old boy should have realized this a long, long time ago, especially for you got her pregnant with the ninth child. Like, bro, at this point, you kind of stuck. Like, <laughs> I don't really that's know. That's a lot of child support. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying, too. Honestly, <laughs> even if not for the fear of child support, like, I don't even think it's possible to support that many children. Through- what does he do? He's a he's a he's a, a pastor. But I mean, like, what kind of pastor is he? Is it a lot of people there? <laughs> what kind of pastor is it? A lot of people there? <laughs> no, well, obviously not, because to... we don't even. <laughs> nobody knows what this guy does. He was her I was manager to too. Out. He managed okay, her. so he's yeah. dependent on her for oh, most man. for finance. So she's not going to get any support. Oh. Because I don't know how many. This is I mean, it, a baby can do. <laughs> but I mean, she doesn't have Mary J money. I'm just assuming. Um, so it's I don't know if it's the good even. things is like Kiki Wyatt. Her voice is insane. So I don't think that she's going to be without, you know, work after she has her kid. And so I'm saying that to say that she can, you know, financially support them, and she has. Her mom, who's a little loopy too, or seemed that way on the show. Again, I'm basing this all off the show. Then just that one season that I saw. She has a brother too. And her family, she has like good family members. So maybe she'll be, I mean, I know she'll be good. But yeah, I don't, (laughs) I can't, (laughs) I don't know. Like I feel bad for the situation, obviously. Like, you know, it's a breakup of a marriage and a commitment and, you know, obviously, at some point in time, you guys were really in love, but you know, I don't really know if just watching the show, it just kind of seemed like it was just not really the most functional. Like he would get upset. He seemed like one of those dudes that's kind of like fee far full fum. I'm the man, get me rum type thing. And she seemed kind of like, oh, well, no, I do what I want to do, and this is Kiki's world, and oh, and it was like. How does this, how is this working? But I guess like, you know, y'all balance each other out. And now it's kind of like, well, I'm not sure. Maybe you really got to know people before you marry them. Like you really got to spend time to try to get to probe and see if it'll be a good fit. I was going what's scary is I don't even, at this point, I feel like I keep going back to square one. Like, I don't even know what's enough at this point. Like... <laughs> No, after you and I guess it's the be, the best segue than any. But after you told me about oh the guy that stabbed his wife, like Matthew Phelps, yeah, it was kind of like, <sighs> yep, a preacher in training, young preacher in training, twenty eight. The girl was twenty nine. He had a crush on her in middle school. He stumbled upon her on Instagram, reached out to slide into a DM. They was dating for two years. They got engaged, got married last November. Like she checked all the boxes, yo. And he stabbed her in her sleep and didn't realize he did it because he said he woke up 
thinking that he was stabbing her in a dream, which I parked there because I'm like, we shouldn't be dreaming about killing me. That's a like that. <laughs> that should never happen. <laughs> like, yeah, like. And even then, he should be like, if he is thinking about, if he is having a dream and fake stabbing her, he where did the knife come from? Were you sleeping with the knife? Did you go get it? What you sleepwalk? Like, I just, it's so many unanswered questions. And this poor girl, her friend was like, we just FaceTimed last night. Everything was fine. We were laughing and joking. And I get the call that my friend is there. I'm like, that is unbelievable. Yeah, I don't, that whole thing is so weird. So I told you, like, I know... You know, I'm familiar with people sleepwalking like I've done it before. And so, like, I don't know. It hasn't been anything like that. We're going to, like, pick up objects and things like that. Like, that seems a bit of a stretch. I'm not I'm sure, you know, there's some logic to it. And I don't ever wish or want to be in a situation like that. I just think overall, if you think about it, it's kind of like, yo, she kind of checked the box. Right. She found like, you know, a good saved guy and like you know they she taught she was a sunday school teacher yeah and so it's kind of like you you're checking the box and doing everything right and then like like he killed you like that's just that's a level of sleep yeah and you know sleeping that's your most vulnerable time like you're not cognizant of what's going on and if, if for anything you would think the person that you're with and married to would be your protection and not your demise like that is yeah you know there's a lot of things so i was actually having a conversation um with my friend as i was driving to the office this morning and i was kind of like you know so i just feel like maybe having access to all of this information in the world about marriages and how they go wrong it makes you not want to get one you know it does it's not the most motivating thing i can be honest it's just not the most motivating thing in the world it is when you know like when you see couples and you're like oh okay and my grandparents, my parents, but you like that's like a once and a and a tenth good that I've seen. What like they say, well, it seems one in a million to me. What was it? They said that the <laughs> the iPhone event today was one in a million chance. That's what I'm knocking on one. And then you think this generation, you just like mm, I don't know. It's just different. You start thinking it's just different for us and our age group. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just it's so many factors like that lot. really with the guy killing his wife in his sleep it, it really made me just not motivated at all to to say I do <laughs> right that's just I don't that's a whole nother level of scary because you just married me so we ain't even had time to go through the rough patch we still was in the honeymoon and on her Instagram it's like the best thing that's ever happened to me thank you God for sending me this this husband it's like do you know just in a couple months he about to kill you like in your sleep like yeah i can't even think about that because i'm really i'm really gonna get scarred. like honestly pondering on it i just start getting scarred and i just like you know i just want to sleep in the bed by myself <laughs> we gonna have i i always say and that you, you know door, right you? i'm always like yo when i get married we gotta have separate bathrooms because i'm not like i i need my peace and quiet but I think we're we going to have to have separate rooms too. Like, you know, we're just meeting up to consummate the thing. And then, all right, 
I'll let you in the morning. Um, FaceTime me while you're there. <laughs> Lock my door. <laughs> but you can FaceTime me, though, because uh, we And it's only I locked just... from the inside. Exactly. <laughs> I, and I'm going to have, like, three deadbolt locks. Like, I'm back home. Like, we got a few extra locks that only I got the key to. Um, I'm going to have an alarm system on my room just in case. Like, that's that's the kind of stuff. Friends be like, aren't you extreme? Hey, I'm living. <laughs> don't worry about what I'm doing. Stuff is real crazy. Out <laughs> I'm here. living. Real crazy out here. So, yeah, I'm just trying to make it. I really, this is kind of off subject, but I really wanted some Chipotle queso today. The rollout was September 12th. I went and Chipotle is still closed because of Irma. So Irma is hindering me from queso. Oh, I was going to say, so, why you didn't get it? Because it, it came out today, right? Yeah. Have you I, had it before? No, because it's okay. just it's rolled out. This is the first time they had it at their New York tasting center or whatever. Uh, so. Okay, okay. Because I knew I knew that it was like in some places. I just didn't know if you had it yeah, before. Um, they were doing like a pre run for it. I guess hot spots. Y'all still on Chipotle though? I, more power to y'all. I you know I, I was kind of let it go, but I just wanted the the queso looks so good, and you know most people make queso with processed cheese. So Chipotle was priding themselves on not making it with processed cheese because, you know, they're on that whole healthy, you know, local people kick. Cool. I think is um, after the first scare and then they sent the little free burrito thing. And I was like, you know what? Everybody, everybody deserves a second chance. Once they hit me with that, the meat was bad in like Sterling, Virginia area. And that's like not far <laughs> from me. I was like, eh, eh. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people got sick there. They said it was the employee who was sick that was making everybody sick. But I was like, oh, after that, that I'm just kind of like, I'm good, yo. I think, you know, I feel like God sends me signs, right? And I got enough signs. <laughs> you know, I was just kind of like, I think I'm all the way good. So I don't mind going. I might get a good, you know, medium sized drink, um, fountain drink, and, and make it happen. I might even eat a couple chips. But other than that, I think I'm good. <laughs> and I feel the kind of the same way about um, the iPhone 10. That and facial I, recognition, love. those and emojis. It's real cool. It's, it sounds great. I was real nervous. So I didn't watch. All right. So I'm going to give you all the story. I'm going to make it real fast. So everybody knows when it comes to Apple announcements, I block my calendar. This is the time, my work calendar. I'm going to have lunch during this time i might even take a couple hours of leave so that i can make sure i can watch this whole thing because it's exciting for me it's real exciting it's kind of like so nothing gives me the feeling of like remember how you was a kid and you was like real excited about christmas mm -hmm. as an adult nothing really gives me that feeling but the closest thing that comes to that is like an apple announcement because i feel like oh this is cool like i want to see the features and all this other stuff right i geek out so mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm on this thing. I'm about to do it. Get to the office today. There's a calendar invite for a meeting. The meeting is from 1 o'clock to 1.30, of course. The event starts Eastern time at 1 o'clock. Well, the meeting actually runs over to like 2.15. So I, I'm livid at this point. Why I got to be here? Um, we could have talked about this later. Why couldn't we have talked about this this morning? We could have talked about it before lunch. You could have shot me an email like we could have done something else instead of having this meeting anyway. So I go and I catch like the last half of the meeting. I see the actual unveiling of 
the iPhone 10 and it's basically all of the stuff that we expected with the rumors. I'm thinking that is cool. Two things that killed me. The face ID, which to me is just very creepy. I feel like I'm giving my phone permission to watch me every time I pick it up. And sure, there's a possibility it could be doing it now, but it's just real, real weird. And then on top of that, the fact that this phone is going to cost $1,149 for the version that I want. $256. It only comes in two uh, configurations of memory, 64 gigabyte, which at this point, nobody's using 64 gigabytes that is actually using their phone to me and 256 gigabytes. That's going to be 1149. Plus, I got to pay $199 for Apple Care. So now we're $200, 1149, 1349 plus taxes. I just. You know, I'm about to pay like fifteen hundred dollars for this a phone. phone. I just that's more than a um. Is that more than a MacBook? Yeah, yeah. It's it's wow. so it's like I don't really know if <laughs> this is what I want to be doing. So yeah, I think I'm good. But I think it's great. You know, Apple always gets me excited. Um, love the event. Get a watch though. You say what? I I bet you get that new watch. So. You know, <laughs> it's so bad. It's so literally everybody has their things. And that's how I rationalize it. Everybody got their things. Some people like, you know, hair. Some people like cars. Some people like like I like gadgets and specifically Apple gadgets. I just got this series to watch this year. I don't even think my watch is six months old. But once I saw that this watch has the ability to like have standalone cellular data, I was like, so, um, how much it costs though? <laughs> like, I feel like that's probably going to be my birthday gift. I feel like I I can do that because I, I deserve it for my birthday, right? Yeah, that's what we tell ourselves yeah. when we want to justify it. We deserve, deserve it. it. Yeah. I don't you know, I saw, gifts. <laughs> I saw a hilarious meme about facial recognition and women with makeup. Oh. And it was like, what is the phone going to do when you take off your makeup? And I was like, hey, but for real though, like the way you could contour, like the makeup and like you can literally look like a different person. Like it might be problematic if you got facial recognition and you, the way you do your makeup is. How know. does that work with people like plastic surgery being a big deal too? Like, is it, I'm imagining it's not going. But I mean, you can always, I'm pretty sure you could probably change it. But I feel like with plastic surgery, it'll be easier because you're going to look that way every day. Like if you get a nose change, you're going to look. That's true. Okay. If you got makeup that you change every day, one day you're looking like Rihanna. The next day you're looking like Beyonce. Like it might throw it off. That's true. So. I, it's, the whole thing is is interesting. I think it's cool. But for other people, I think it's cool for other people. It ain't cool. You don't for look me. at people do it, but you don't, you don't want to. Yeah, do it. I would love I, to I, see you do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm good with the thumbprint. Yeah, I think because that was it took me a while to get that. Apple introduced that in what 2013. I didn't adopt it probably till 2015. Oh, um, I love it. I love the way, especially apps and your banking app and 
just important apps and you could just use your thumb. It's like so quick. Yeah, I I used to I for, I just refused to do it until like 2015 is when I saw people doing. It. I was like, I guess I can try it. And now I'm like, I live by it. I'm like, okay, this is great. The facial thing, I just you know, and I understand. Like I had a friend that explained to me that the security is the same way as Touch ID and it's stored locally on your phone and it's next to impossible for it to be you know, um, for somebody to get into it, it's stored completely different. Nothing. It's not sent anywhere. I I get all of that. And all that sounds real good. It sounds great. (laughs) But the fact that this, yeah, I just don't know. Now the emojis are cool, but I keep telling myself, so how often no real talk am I going to use that for real? real? Yeah. Cause I don't even use gifts that much depending on like the conversation. If I'm in a rush to have to go search for one, like I could just put a like laughing emoji. Yeah, I just think about there's a lot of features that I'm like, this is cool and I can see it being fun, but I'm quite sure it's only I feel like it's cool. It'll be a, a cool with a couple people like I'm not really finna send record a bunch of like these videos to send to you like all the time, like maybe just to be funny. But for the most part, I'm not going to, I'm not going to use it again. Cool feature. I think it'll be great. I'm quite sure every time I go to the Apple store now, I'll probably be playing with that feature and sending it to people while I'm in the store. But I don't know if I'm going to pay like $1,500 for that feature or like, you know, and this other feature is cool. I want to like, and it's shocking to me. So one of the things that I've been struggling with too, and this is just to be real transparent is the fact that I love to have the latest and greatest because I am the geek in that way. I want to have the latest and greatest because I want to like play with it and be able to like tell people like, oh, and it can do this. Oh, let me show you this. Like, I like it again. This is the toys. This is my toys as an adult. Like, I enjoy it. So I'm battling with the fact that honestly, when this phone comes out, they're going to be people that I'm going to go places with. And usually I'm like, can you just take the picture with my phone? Because my camera's better. I have the latest iPhone. Well, I'm going to be like, well, can you take a picture with my phone? And then people are going to be like, oh, well, I have the iPhone 10. And although they have the same cameras, everybody's going to be like, oh, well, it's the 10. So it's a little bit better. Like, let's use this. And I'm going to be like, dang, you're right. I don't. Oh, have, I thought it was like, going to have a different camera. No, the, the back cameras is two uh, dual 12 megapixel cameras. So, oh, okay. it, it, yeah, it, it lets in a little bit more like the change in the camera for the 10 and the like the eight plus the changes in the front facing camera, like the front facing camera on the 10 plus has like portrait mode, um, just like the back facing camera has now. So that that's going to be a little bit better. And it has um like 3D depth perception on the 10 versus the eight plus. But all of that to say that I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. If you're using an iPhone upgrade program, um, which a lot of people do, so you're paying like month to month on the phone and then you can get a new phone every every year, you're guaranteed to get a new phone every year. Truthfully, the difference with that, the iPhone upgrade program for the uh, what's this guy called? The the eight plus versus the iPhone 10 is only like a ten dollar difference. So I think one you're paying $45 a month, the other one you're paying like 55, 56. So $10, $11 difference. So in that regard, it's not that much, but for me, it's kind of like, you got two strikes against you, yo. I don't, hopefully in the next iteration of this phone, somebody brings back a home button um, under the <laughs> screen and I can, yeah, cause or just the touch ID. Just give me touch ID and I'm cool with that. I, I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah, somebody said this is going to be hard for 
cheating people because somebody, their partner can just take a picture, just use their phone while they sleep and you recognize their face. I was like, man, people really be thinking deep about stuff. But Apple, no, Apple looked out for people, though, because you can't do that. Like, you have to be looking at the phone in order for it to unlock. Oh, your eyes have to be yeah, open. Yeah, so your eyes have to be open. You got to be looking at the phone for the other. So that's, I mean, you know, in that regard, it's cool because you could just take somebody's finger and just put it on there and unlock the phone that way. So it's it's a cool phone. I just don't think I'm ready for it. I need a little bit more time. Give me, maybe next year I'll adopt it. Maybe I'll feel better once some other people did it. But otherwise, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, we'll see. Well, y'all tell us what y'all think about well, I'm mimosas and orange juice. Are y'all getting some queso with me? Y'all getting the I-10? Y'all down with the facial recognition? What do y'all think about Kiki Watt? Do you think we tripping and they sh- should just kind of go with the flow? I don't, I still don't know. Um, what about Michael- these eight kids, though? These nine kids? I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> right. What do y'all think about the guy killing his wife, Michael Phelps? Cause Matthew Phelps, because that's so deep and if you survive hurricane irma um if you made it through the storm let us know hashtag chat bc we'd love to hear from you and we'll be back with our main dish Well, now we're back with our main dish. And today I'm so excited because we're talking about one of my favorite shows that's near and dear to both of our hearts. Insecure. Insecure. Um, yes. All eight episodes. It's Why is it so short? It's pretty lame. I thought it was going to be. I thought the pilot season was just eight and they were going to have 10 for this season because it's season two. And obviously everybody likes it maybe season three and then they they teased us on twitter and it was like it's gonna be 45 minutes for the finale and it was 30 minutes then some due north and i was just like i don't really care to see that did you watch that no so i think because for me i'll end up watching it on um the hbo go app i told you i got hbo for free from my cell phone right this is like Mm -hmm. completely aside so anyway i watched it on there and they didn't have that part on there Oh wow! I I had HBO Go. That's how I watch it, and I use my friends. Um. <laughs> don't don't you ain't supposed to put it out there. You are supposed to be like, oh, I got it the legit way. Yeah, that's what yeah. You say. Okay. <laughs> She's like, yeah, okay. I'll for <laughs> next time. <laughs> but yeah, so I was watching on HBO Go, and yeah, and that Do North came on, and I was just like, because it came on after the credits. So did you watch like after the credits? Oh, that's probably what it is then. I didn't yeah. watch it after the credits. Because I was like, y'all said it was going to be 45 minutes. And why is it? You know how you can see how much time. So I'm like, what's going to come on? The wind down is not usually that long. So I'm trying to figure out. And then it was like due north. And I'm like, listen, when y'all tell me 45 minutes, I'm expecting 45 minutes of insecure, not 30 minutes and 10 minutes of due north. Yeah, I could have kept that. Yeah, I don't I don't even know if I want to watch Due North. I hate slavery. That was like what you you remember that line when they was watching the finale? Oh yeah. It's like, oh okay. Like I don't even know why they had that show that show in there, but whatever. I think the whole point behind it, not to get too far off topic, but I think the whole point behind it is to kind of poke fun. Cause you know a lot of people feel like they make too many slavery movies and like it's like I think they're it, it's like 
the irony of them being so into slavery and it's like we're watching this and we like really into it but truth be told we actually don't like it um mm-hmm. i think that's that's what i've gotten because people that i've know that say that they hate they feel like it's so many slavery movies and we're always getting movies about slavery they actually think that that is really funny what them watching do north so i was like maybe that's what they were going for Mm, I never thought about it like that, but makes sense. So let's let's dive into it because we've been talking about this. I cut you off two weeks ago when you were talking about Lawrence and you tried to shade Molly and Issa and I moved to another subject because I said this was going to be you said we'll talk about it now. And so this is your time to get it all out. I mean, you know, I feel like, well, let me start off by saying that. I enjoy the show. <laughs> Everybody knows that I enjoy the show. Um, one of the things I love about the show is I just enjoy the fact that the characters are real and they're very like lost and confused in the ways that we are lost and confused all the time. We have like our professional lives together um, for the most part. I feel like most of us have our professional lives together. And, you know, in the social department, it's always like, I don't want to say chaotic, but it's just, it's not perfect. It's not as like picture perfect, if you will. I'll say that it's not as picture perfect as like our career is. Even people that are in relationships, like in the show, um, was it Tiffany and what's the guy named Derek? Mm-hmm. The bourgeois. Yeah. Their relationship is even, you see that while they have the quote unquote perfect relationship, it's still very it's a lot of stuff we don't know they make they allude to a lot of stuff you see it's like real like it's like uh this is a little sketch um so <laughs> it's it's you know it's true to life i feel like it's true to life anybody that you know yeah anybody that you know it just it, it makes things like complicated and and, it's, and that's true that's to how we are um so however uh i think that the one thing that it was very it's it's genius for them to do it but it's very, it like irks me is Molly's character and Issa's character. So I feel like a lot of times when we have discussions about the the flaws of the characters and the stuff that people doing, um, a lot of people, and I'm not going to, you know, call out a specific group of people. I'm just going to say <laughs> a lot of people. A lot of people seem to always want to point the finger at Lawrence and say how horrible he is. Of You know, his character is so messed up. Even... Um, Oh boy, what's his name? Uh, Daniel. Daniel. Mm-hmm. Even say like Daniel was messed up for, you know, the the episode before the last, and nobody really looks at Molly and Issa and what they're doing and point the finger at them and say like, "Yo, this is a problem. What y'all doing is not." Y'all got some flaws too. Like you got some, you bear some responsibility in this, and so people be like, "Oh yeah, well I agree that Issa is wrong, but Lawrence ain't have a job for two years," and it'll be like. But guys, I just think that or Lawrence is out here, you know, he need to he need to mend. He need to heal before he moves on. He not. Yeah, he an F boy because he hasn't healed. And it's like, well, Issa hasn't healed either. Um, She's out here like smashing dudes that's still in her Wi-Fi for free. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> In the finale, he was like, just like, oh, you moving? I've been using your Wi-Fi. Yeah. What? Not like I'm going to miss you. Not like, you know, hopefully you can still come over and we can get it in. I've just been using your Wi-Fi. And I just think that, yeah. So to me, that's a little, 
that that's that's probably the thing that I get frustrated with most is I feel like we don't talk about all of these characters from a fair space of acknowledging and really not only acknowledging but talking about the ills of all of the characters because none of the characters are perfect. I don't think honestly, I truthfully think the only character that is quote unquote perfect is Kelly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's hilarious yeah and maybe that's why i think she's perfect but i feel like kelly got has it together like yeah she's like the realest most honest person on the show i and, feel like that's you, probably yeah you can't even you like you can't even argue with her although like yeah of course she's the friend that's saying stuff that's like out of turn but it's still like yeah i know for sure kelly is she real like i like it I can't yeah. be mad at her. Pack up my valuables. And she's like, what valuables? <laughs> Girl, you don't got nothing. Right. What are you talking about? <laughs> what did she say? You can't afford that? Did she tell her? Oh, that? yeah. When she said she was like, she want, Issa said she wanted to, um, she wanted to live on her own. And she was like, bitch, where? <laughs> like, <laughs> where that's going to be? At? She's like, you got no money. Like, you broke. <laughs> and it was like, that was real, you know, but truth be told, you kind of need a friend to be honest. Be like, look, you got to be honest. You ain't staying <laughs> nowhere, you know, here. It's, that's just that's just real. You need friends. Gentrification. T- yep. She like, listen, gentrification and took over. I would. That was funny. <laughs> you know how they changed Inglewood to oh, I would. Yeah, to I would. I was like, wait, I would. I don't remember that. I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I. I think she was just keeping it keeping it real. But I mean, to your going back to your Molly point, like I I I'm critical of the Molly's behavior. I think she makes dumb decisions. But I still like her as a character, most because she rock I feel like she's a good friend. That's what I like about Molly. I think she makes bad relationship decisions, but I think she's a good friend. And that's what I appreciate about her. Yeah, I can give you that, but I still think you got to talk about like how jacked up she is. You know, like I mean, yeah, she's a good friend, but like that's what the show is about. Like they're best friends, so you're supposed to be a good friend. But like, I think the the, the thing that frustrates me with Molly's character is she's not being honest with herself, um, and that's true I to life, she's right? She overreacted rep- with her parents, though. I was just yeah, like, I don't what? understand. I realize I'm, but you know, because of my upbringing, I'm really insensitive to all that kind of stuff in general. People are like, oh, I'm just so hurt and broken. I'm like, I mean, join the club. It is what it is. You got to move on. Like, you can't be around here mad at whatever. I, I feel like I get when she was hurt, but just the extreme she went, like, it was just like real, real, like, all the way left. To me, like, it was on, she was on some, some truth and truly like spoiled child tip. That's what she was on. Like, I'm not talking to my parents. Like, my parent, my mom is calling and I'm ignoring her calls because she didn't tell me that my dad... No, not even she didn't tell me because my dad cheated on her and she stayed, is what she said. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand I that. don't. And then her solution to that was sleeping with somebody that was married. Um, yeah, under the premise that he's in an open marriage, but then... I think he's lying about that. You know, every girl that I talk to says that... Um, I don't like when, he, when they got together in the bathroom, he looked like he was trying to protect himself. And I felt like if they were, it wouldn't have been a if they if his wife knew, he wouldn't have told her to like stay back. 
you know but the thing is i think that his they might be in open marriage but i don't think that his wife knows that she is somebody that he's sleeping with they're open marriage so the, the my understanding of what like open relationships are in general is that we have a conversation if you're gonna go be with somebody and you kind of run that person by me so i'm aware and you go do what you do like I don't think that she's aware. I think she's probably cool with the fact that, you know, it is what it is. You got to itch, go scratch it. But you got to kind of let me know what that itch is. And the fact that her and Molly have like history and they're two, they're in like opposing sororities and or not opposing sororities, but they're in different sororities like and they rival each other and all this other stuff. I think that part that he's he's maybe being dishonest about. But in that same regard, I just look at Molly and like how uncomfortable she was at the dinner and how like she seems to be bothered by the interactions that they have and the fact that he is only coming over. He he does really only want her in a sexual way. It's kind of like, well, he's not bad because i've had a, I had a conversation with my friend and she was saying she just kept talking about how horrible he is and his character that's messed up and he's lying it's like honestly i don't necessarily think that his character is that bad because he's telling her what it is from jump and even if she was like well he's probably lying about something i'm like even if he is at what point in time do we hold her responsible for her own happiness at what point because he's not committed to her obviously he's married to somebody else so at the end of the day you are going to be second to her like no matter how many times we smash 17 times in four days that's cool but i'm not like i'm still not committed to you at the end of the day so whatever happens in the mix of this you're a casualty and you can't really blame me or point the finger at me because i don't really have any loyalty quote unquote to you in this space and maybe as a friend because we've known each other all our lives but at the end of the day now i got a wife and i, I just in the same way that he left her in the hotel room and was like i'll see you next week because i gotta go let her in at that point you should have really been like dang it's not what I want. I, can't. I think she realized it, but she stuck between the from him being familiar to her, like her homie. And I think it's a it's a sense of comfort and safety because she's known him, but she's put herself in a horrible situation and made a horrible decision. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, if that's if that's what if that's what makes sense. I just think that the the one thing that I, I'd like to see is when we have a conversation about the show or we have a conversation about the characters is that we discuss, you know, the ills or the, the flaws of, of her and Issa's character a bit more because I feel like we have a tendency or people have a tendency to kind of overlook those because they are the protagonists in the show. The shows are the show is essentially about it's about Issa. Um and of course that's her best friend. So it truly is about the two of them and their experience and I feel like sometimes we get lost in that storytelling and we don't really look at them and see how, you know, some of their characteristics, while they're good people and they have, you know, we we can empathize with them more than we can empathize with anybody else. We can, they also have problems. I feel like looking at the one thing that I can say that I like about the way that they've written Molly's character is she does so much stuff. So you talk about her like on this, the last couple episodes or last few episodes with like her job and her doing all this stuff um, to excel in her career and realizing that, you know what? 
she has a white male counterpart that is making more money than her. And so she's kind of at this like crossroad of what should I do? She goes out in this space and she starts the interview. She gets these offers. She's like, oh, so I'm going to take these offers and I'm going to put it back in their face. And they're going to have to, you know, give me something. And then they slide your girl a certificate. Like, yeah, that was like, it, it was real low. Right. But I feel like that's a moment that everybody, male, like man, woman, who, whatever, like everybody can identify with that and be like yo like i've been whether it's my professional career or just something i know that i'm excelling and i'm doing really well and not that i'm doing it for the recognition but i'm not getting my just doing i know somebody else that's not doing half of the work that i'm doing and that's being celebrated like you identify with that and you like yo i'm in this space like i get it like i 100 percent, i can relate it's cool so i love the fact that they did that and then she has this part of her that's kind of like, yo, this is some real, like, I don't, I disagree. I think she's stupid. Like, I just feel like she shouldn't be doing it. But the show, the way that they wrote the characters, like you, you identify with her in the most universal way possible. And then you have to also swallow the fact that she has this part of her that is curbing dudes that are, you know, qualified dudes, right? Like she's like, mm-hmm. like, um, L'Oreal. Yeah, L'Oreal. Like, he's... We don't even know his name in the show. Isn't it so bad? Yeah, it's real Is it bad. Kevin? We kept... We keep trying to... We keep count, trying to give somebody in the show the name Kevin. Y'all, t- tell us wh- who whose name in Insecure is Kevin, because obviously we don't know. Yesterday, <laughs> la- yesterday we spent, what, like, 45 minutes trying to figure <laughs> out who's Kevin, and neither one of us can come up with it. But, um, but yeah, like, so she curbs his character. She curbs... Uh, the the guy that plays Randall in This Is Us, um, I forget the actor's name, but she curb she curbs his character as well. He was a little kind of like goofy, but it's yeah. kind of like all of the things that she says that like she wants, she curbs it in these people because she doesn't have this quote unquote feeling, but she has that quote unquote feeling about somebody that's already married to somebody else, and that she's putting herself in a situation to be a side chick. And it's just it's all of these layers of complications that I feel like because you identify with with Molly in in the most universal way and then having to swallow those things, I feel like it makes us kind of like put a mirror in our face and check ourselves and say, okay, so in what areas in my my life am I doing really good? And what areas am I kind of like sticking my foot in my own mouth and having these problems? If you have the conversation about it, which I don't feel like a lot of people really have the conversation about it. But I feel like if you do, you can really see that. You know what's interesting about Molly and this character and how they wrote it? They flip the norms, the the stereotypes on his head. So Molly comes from the two-parent home with receiving all this love. And, you know, aside from what she didn't know about the affair till now. And so the the stereotype is... Like this girl should be secure not to be with all these men. Right. You know? Right. So they flip it on his head. Um, I thought that was very interesting how they did that. Yeah. I think that's smart because it takes away the stereotypes for people and how they behave based on their environment. Because makes- some people go completely different from the the expectation of the situation. Yeah, it, it honestly it makes again it 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 makes you truly understand the complexity of people. I feel like sometimes we can kind of get into a, a 
a norm of expecting certain people to be a certain way based on their upbringing. And that's true. That's honestly, it doesn't hold true for everybody. Right. So everybody from a two parent home is not going to have the best sense of what a relationship is. Um, the best sense of, they're not going to act appropriately all the time. And I feel like in so many cases, specifically with Molly, like you just mentioned, it really does turn it on its head and then make you when you start to think about it and talk about it. It really and truly makes you say like, OK, so I can't approach people from this type of environment or for those of us that be like, you know what? I remember there was um, I saw somebody post that like they would not date. Uh, it was a girl saying she wouldn't date a guy that wasn't raised with his dad and she went into like this whole list of reasons of like why she wouldn't do it and i was just kind of like like what does that even mean yo like i feel like you can't you know you can never really like generalize anything for anybody because there are people that that don't fit that and like if you move in terms of stereotypes then you set yourself up for failure because which what life i believe life always does is when you operate in that space you end up meeting the exception <laughs> and then you end mm-hmm. up being really scorned and jacked up based on the exception because you went in not seeing the things that you should have saw before based on you having this mindset that like, you know, this is how things are going to be. So I feel like they really are challenging that. They they really do challenge that with, with Molly's character because yeah, she has the, even in terms of like her siblings, right? So like her brother's, married to a stripper right you know what i'm saying and like the other brothers like staying at just chilling at the at the parents house so it's like and don't even have a driver's license yeah it's like <laughs> like y'all definitely aren't meeting these stereotypes because she's an attorney she's raising a two-parent home they seem to be at least middle class i don't understand like what the problem is wow. <laughs> So, yeah, I love that they do that because it's, it gives that multiple layers. Like you say, it takes that whole stereotype out of it, because I think when you're in enamored with data, sometimes you can consume data and start seeing people as a number and not seeing them as a person right. and not realizing people have to make their own individual decisions, no matter what background. Now, some decisions may be harder on people because they have to overcome different things. But sometimes the people who haven't had to overcome don't have the keenness to make better decisions. Exactly. Um, and so you have to kind of navigate that person to person. Um, and so I think that's really, really what the sh- or something that we could pull from the show. Um, Issa, I think this whole situation, when I when I think about the finale and how it ended, I was emotionally on the roller coaster at the end with that uh that daydream when her Lawrence proposed and then they go into this thing and she's seeing how her life could have been if they stayed together. Yeah. I was like, oh and then they like tell each other they love each other and they leave. And I was like, oh y'all not gonna get back together. <laughs> and I was really sad about that. I was like, hey, I feel like shedding a tear. Um but it's kinda like she's she, it seemed like both of them were okay with parting on that way. And then when she got the friend request, she was like happy, but it wasn't like, it seemed like a happiness. Like we can rebuild as a friend. I know we can't go there again. Right. Right. And so, so, so I have a question for you. So what, what, what put you on the emotional roller coaster when it came to that, that the, the, 
the montage of what it what could have been. Cause I was so hopeful for them. Like I wanted them to get back together. Okay. All and right. so I was like, you know, you know, you know, I'm a sucker for reconciliation anyway. Just me as a person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that and then seeing like, oh man, that's crazy. And then they just go their separate ways. So I was hopeful. And I think, yeah, that's that's that was that was like the part that was like, oh man, I really wanted y'all to make it. Cause y'all could have been in that. I wanted them to move. I didn't understand why that daydream had to be in that same apartment. But <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I was just like, this is what we gotta we well, gotta progress. That's what, that's what made it more real though. That's why I actually thought it was real when it was happening. I thought it was real because of that. I was uh, like, can, what, can we move in his apartment? Because that was nicer. In my mind, I was like, oh, they it's kind of accelerating on the last show. So when it comes back, it'll be their, her life now as a wife. Like, she's done what it is to be single. Now she, it'll be like her, you know, being insecure, her life as a wife, which I thought was going to be dope. And then I realized it wasn't. Yeah. yeah and she just that. gone back to Daniel. Yeah. Oh, um, faithful. Yeah, but so in light of that, I think that um, for that scene, since we we brought that up, for that scene for me, I think that that was probably the most powerful point in this season, um, the conversation between Lawrence and Issa. And I think that because we typically have, there's a lot of stereotypes out there, right? So there's a lot of stereotypes about, you know, black women being angry and just always going off and just, you know, making these careless, rash decisions when it comes to men. And uh, there's stereotypes for men of being, you know, black men always abandon situations and don't want to deal with them and immature and they boys and, you know, they need to be, they need to grow up and be men and yada, yada, yada. And it's all of these negative things. And so I feel like at times those negative perceptions that we have of each other um, prevent us from being able to really have conversations and reconcile in times that we should. Um, I feel like a lot of what I've learned especially when it comes to relationships. I feel like a lot of times we're saying the same things. We're just coming from different vantage points, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we have the same angle. And a lot of times in situations, we want the same things. We're just coming from different perspectives and we're speaking a different language, quote unquote, but we, we essentially want the same thing. And so because we also approach them with these with emotions of like of being hurt and stuff like that. We just miss what the other person is saying. And mm-hmm. I feel like that moment of them having a conversation really showed something that is was something that I've known to be real and something that was powerful. Like they both were able to get to a point to say like, you know what? I'm going to stop pointing the finger at you and I'm going to actually start to consider and think about what I could have done better um, in the midst of you hurting me. Right. So in the mm-hmm. midst of you cheating on me, I also recognize and realize, yo, I get into this space in my own mind where I have these expectations of how things are supposed to go. When they don't go that way, I get really jacked up. As a result of that, I jack other people up because of these these failed expectations. And it sp- sends me into this like downward spiral of spiral of depression 
but I'm expecting everybody to like be there for me and do stuff that's right for me. And it's like, yo, watching it, that's true. Like we've seen mm-hmm. that, right? We've seen like, yo, he's supposed to be this dude and he 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 operates in this space where he is this certain type of guy and then he falls and we see how people are become casualties as a result of that. Of Issa, uh uh Tasha, Aperna, like uh even like his friends. Like we see how that happens, right? And mm-hmm. then Issa to be like Yo, you know what? Like, I was I I was supposed to be there for you. Like, that was my job. And I realized that I didn't do that. And that to me was like even it was it was it was huge too, because it was like, yo, really the the common uh a notion in this situation is that you had a right to do what you did, right? Because <laughs> he's been he spent two years on your couch doing nothing and now he finally got it together. So of course you had a wondering eye. And people are like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. You know, yeah, it was probably wrong, but what he did that put her there, yada yada yada. And then for her to acknowledge like, yo, honestly, as your girlfriend, that's what like that's what I should have been doing, right? And I feel that way. And not saying that every every girlfriend is supposed to be doing that, but truly her saying like for me as a person, for who I was, who I am, the relationship that we had, I should have been doing it. And I didn't. And then to even be like, yo, and it was wrong what I did. Like I should not have cheated. And like to be able to say those things, to cry and still be like, I love you. Like I feel like it just shows it shows an image that we're capable and not only it shows like, Oh, we're capable because we, this don't happen truthfully. And it's been my experience that that's reality. Like I feel like those type of things are more reality than we, we, we know. Hell, I say this and I think about just two days ago, I was having a conversation with my ex-girlfriend and it was just kind of like, yo, I'm really glad that we're in this space, you know, and like in, in this space of I can I can talk to you all things considered and you can talk to me all things considered that happened in the past and you can still be extremely like supportive and we can laugh and we can joke and, you know, we can just kind of have like a a normal conversation, understanding like, you know, certain boundaries and things like that. Like, you know, I'm not going to say something that's going to be a completely offensive or be like, oh, yeah, because remember, you used to be this way. Like, that's pointless. But still being able to just have a conversation about like, here's where we are. Here's what I know about you. Here's what I want to see for you. And like, I feel like they did that and they put that on primetime television. Like it was just that to me was just super powerful because I feel like it shows that we can do all of this stuff and be really messed up and make dumb decisions and have, you know, threesomes with crackheads and, <laughs> and, and, and still be able to come to a place where you become an adult about it and be like, yo, I was wrong. And like, as opposed to looking at you and blaming you for everything that was wrong, I'm looking at myself now and saying, you know what? Here is my responsibility in the demise of our relationship. And even with understanding that, I still love you, yo. Like I I have love for you. And yeah, I'm I, I in order for me, it's okay for me to have this love and still move on. And I don't I'm not even I'm not moving on boldly, like, yeah, I know this over. I know I'm never gonna be with you, but it's like, no, like I love you. And mm-hmm. you see that I'm kind of lingering because it's hard to walk away. But what I can tell you without any embarrassment 
or 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 shame is that I love you. And I think that's truthfully how things are. Like no matter how mad in a breakup you get with the other person, one of the reasons that you're so mad and so upset is because you love them. <laughs> and so be, just being able to like acknowledge that point is is huge. And so to me that was I just I think that was like to me that was truly like the highlight of the whole season. Everything yeah. else that happened for me was just like this point was all that mattered. Yeah, and I love how they show the two the two conversations. So in seven, you get them fighting and showing the emotion of them not taking responsibility for their actions and cutting each other with their words. And then in eight, you see them kind of helping heal each other with words that are different when they take responsibility. Right. Like when you're trying to get revenge and when you're trying to get really real healing reconciliation your tone has to change because, you know, I've I've been in conversations with friends and uh, dating people. And, you know, when you get in the heat of the argument, you start throwing up everything, every failure they had. All you didn't do this. All you, of them. You, know, I, you know, I know how to kill people with my tongue. I've done it before. Um, <laughs> but then if, if you walk away, maybe a week later, two weeks later, three weeks later, months later, years later, you'll be like, you know what? I did some jacked up stuff too. So right. I'm going to take responsibility for what I did. If you, I would like to hear an apology for what you did, but if you don't tell me that's okay in this moment, because I need to focus on what I can control and that's myself. Right. So I love how they, they show people, them taking personal responsibility. Okay. I think that's important. So I we because we I feel, I feel like we kind of started off and just got into this whole like <laughs> falling in love with the show all over again, um, which is we cool. Just went real deep, yeah, yeah, which is real cool. But like we got some like more like specific points that um, I think we should talk about and we should discuss just in general about the show, like not about a specific character or a specific situation, um, but more so of just like general themes and questions that came up and like how you feel about them. So. Um, one of the things that you asked, which I thought was really cool to to address during this time, um, was is Lawrence a good guy? Um, <laughs> I, you want me to answer that now? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So, I think he is a good guy. Like, I, I think we talked about this on the show. Sometimes, good person with bad moments. Is that what I said? Um, I think that's what I said. Yeah, I think that was yeah. That's when that right. was the four forty three episode when we right, talked about right, that. Right, right, right. Um, I think he is somebody that's hurt and doesn't know how to process that hurt. So his instead of him like sitting back and reflecting, he just goes from situation to situation to situation, which is the same thing Issa's doing. So exactly. they're both doing the exact same thing. They're not dealing with it. They don't deal with it until the last episode in the final minutes is when they kind of, well, Issa starts to deal with it when she throws this stuff. That's when she lets out the anger. Right. Um, but they just, both of them go from situation. So I don't think he is a bad guy. I think he's trying to cope with hurt. And everybody copes with hurt in different ways. Some people do it in a healthy way. Some people do it in a not so healthy way. And so I think overall, when I did, did find good guy in the relationship, I think he wanted the best for Issa. He wanted the best for himself. He didn't quite know how to do that when he lost his job. And so he didn't feel empowered. And for I think for men, them feeling empowered and having res res feeling respected 
um, is important. And I think somewhere along the line, he lost that because, you know, when he was in the kitchen with Aparna, he's like, this is the first time I felt like I was leaving something in the wild. Yeah. And so I think he lost that confidence. And so because of that, he couldn't effectively lead in the relationship. So I don't necessarily I think he made bad decisions based on hurt. Um, So I wouldn't call him a bad person overall. I think he's a good guy. Um, but I think a lot of guys that do girls wrong <laughs> in certain situations, like the Tasha situation, are good men. They just don't know how to process things properly. That's what I was about to ask you next. So I was going to say specifically when it comes to the, the Tasha situation, because I feel like that's where that that's where a lot of heat comes from, just in general and talking about it. Right. So I realized that honestly, <laughs> throughout this whole season, he's done some stuff that I'm like, I really couldn't defend him with the, the whole threesome thing. I was like, dang, yeah, God, we've been that like, was like the Lawrence, I've really, the Lawrence, I've really got real quiet during that time. And I'll be, you know, I'm like on the, on the board of directors and I just, I couldn't say no. It was just like, bro, whatever. But I do like, as you're saying, which I'm surprised to hear you say it because I haven't heard anybody articulate it in that way. Um, <laughs> that I feel like gives credence to what's going on in his situation and not saying that, you know, that's, that's kind of the reason that I could say like, yo, I'm a part of the Lauren Tive, if you will, is because it's like, no, y'all not understanding where this man coming from. Like that hurt. And I'm not, it's not saying that every decision that he made is right. It's not saying that he is, you know, Mr. Stand up. Everybody got to follow his lead and how you, you handle relationships. But truth of the matter is I, I feel like I, and I say this all the time. I always tell my friends this about like people that they date intent. A person's intentions can are, they, they bleed through in everything that they do. Right. And Mm -hmm. you can look at a person's intentions and their initial intentions and see, like get an idea of, if that person is good for you or not, or if that person is good for my friend, that's what I look at. I want to look at what your intentions are and how just in normal activities, right? Not like just when we're, we're all out and hanging out. I I want to notice this person's intentions when y'all interact with each other, when y'all have conversations with each other, how they talk about you, how they talk about other people in their lives. If I can see that this person is approaching other people and approaching you and in doing things with the intention to be like, Hey, I want to be my best, the best that I can for this situation and elevate it to me. That's like, no, that's a good person. And I feel like prior to all of season one, right. We saw Lawrence have really good intentions, not execute them the right way. Right. But like it's, it's, he had this dream of an app and he was felt like if I, you know, put everything into it, I can have it. But eventually he, you know, he got his job at Best Buy to, you know what I'm saying? To, to try something else. It's like, I have the best intention. So for me, that was like, no, this dude is a solid dude. He's just having a really jacked up moment. Um, and it seemed like nobody else would get that. And that's why I'm, I, but I'm, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you seem to understand it and get just to give him the ability to do that. And again, I say this because when it comes to, understanding somebody from the other side women understanding men again it's not i'm not saying that it's okay for somebody to be on your couch for two years and not have no income like that's just a little that's a little drastic like i gotta you know you gotta keep it moving because this ain't gonna work however i don't think that that makes a person 
a f boy. I don't think that it makes a person horrible, and I also don't think like in the way that he handled like the Tasha situation. I don't think that he was bad because I try to truly understand. <laughs> you stepping on, you step, you you dancing on yeah. the yeah, and because I'm on the line. I, when I say that he's not bad, I'm not saying that he didn't do anything wrong. Like he, it was real jacked up, right? You, you go you're saying that what you're saying that hurt people it when people make decisions out of hurt there's always casualties exactly and that's what it is and it's like so i can check you in this moment and be like yo it's jacked up i can check you in this moment and be like yo that's really messed up but i'm not gonna box you in the space with all of these other dudes that are just intentionally trying to I don't want to say intentionally trying to hurt people, but intentionally not thinking about not hurting somebody right in his mind and Lawrence mind. And it's something that I felt like I could relate to in his mind, not committing to Tasha, not having a, a, a title with her was him saving her. Right. Was him not being that dude, him saying I slept with my, my ex was him not being that dude that's just out here, you know, sleeping with anybody without telling. It's like, no, I want to be up front. I want to tell you what's going on. And even in terms of him showing up to the family barbecue, talking to my friend, she was like, oh, he's leading her on. And I'm like, I don't think he's trying to lead her on. I think he's trying not to let her down because she obviously wanted him to go and she put it out there. And it was kind of like, uh, okay, well, I don't want you to look stupid. And you've, you know, kind of told them that I was going to come. So I'm going to come like it was. It Yes, it would have been better for him to just stand on his own and be like, no, I'm not coming because we're not there. But it's like she also knew that they weren't there. Like, at what point in time do we be like, yo, this was, you know, uh, yeah, he was messed up. He shouldn't have did it like him. Him going. If he agreed to come, he should have just stayed there. Honestly, dipping out meeting some people and then kind of dipping out and never come back it makes her look stupid like that was real real for real jacked up however he kind of told you in multiple ways like yo this ain't what it is like or but i think he was he he had to be more direct so so the thing i have with lawrence and the thing i have with men that do this is the the passive nature of men sometimes y'all sometimes (sighs) Go with the flow, and but, not and understand it, that that this person you can see the signs has other expectations for the situation. So I feel like at some point you have to. It's it, it's not the responsibility is not solely on men. It's on women too to understand. We have to understand our feelings and know when to ask questions and be definitive. Thank you. Um, That's all I'm saying. So. It's on both parts. I Thank think- you. That's all I'm saying. I no, I because I again, and this is I'm sure that I'm gonna get a lot of heat for this because my friend next to cursed me out in saying this. But I was like, look, I I get what you're saying, right? And I can accept that, but I can't accept that without putting that same responsibility on Tasha's character. I cannot give. I can't say, yo, he got to be more direct. And it's like, well, she got to be more direct too, or understand that his lack of being direct is also a direct answer to what you like. You can't say that. Oh, well, he didn't say we weren't in a relationship. He didn't say he didn't want to come. Obviously this guy showed no excitement or interest about coming like, Oh, uh, 
okay. And then you're, she's like, and the reason that I know that she recognized that, because she says, oh, well, she was like, oh, well, you don't have to come. And it's like, obviously, you know that he, you, you you can get, if I tell Lawrence that, yo, you got to be more direct and you got to realize words mean things, lack of words mean things. And you can see what somebody's doing. You can see where they're going. You got to nip it in the bud in the moment. I got to tell Tasha to do the same thing. I got to look at, at Lawrence and be like, yo, you see that this girl is trying to make you into a boyfriend or something serious. And you can't do that. Not even that you don't want to do it. You just probably shouldn't do that in that moment. Yo, man up and tell her what's going on and stop, stop BSing. Yo, if it is just sex. Be honest about it just being sex. Tell her that you don't want anything else other than that. Like, I can give you that. But I also got to look at Tasha and be like, all right, baby girl, check this too. You got to realize that this dude is not doing this for you. And you saying like, oh, well, maybe I'm going to ease it in or be a little bit more understanding. If you want a relationship, be like, bruh, I'm looking for a boyfriend. Are you trying to be my boyfriend? No, I deuces. Especially after y'all done smashed and y'all keep smashing and y'all, you like, oh, well, you know, you can see me for more than just the weekend. Sign number one. Oh boy is not thinking about anything else. Okay. He takes you out. All right, cool. Well, he, he took you out. And so you start thinking, well, maybe there's a little something else. Well, I want to introduce to my family. Oh, uh, uh, uh. Psalm number two. Oh boy, that was not an really extreme interested. step. Though. I'm like, like, why are we going to family reunion? Yeah, and I, I and so that's my my thing is like, I just feel like we got a whole boat. But he agreed to go, so yeah, he should have said, you know what, that's kind of not where I'm at right now. I can't come. But I like think he should. I think he should have told Aparna she good couldn't come guy, to her friend. But the quote unquote good guy in him didn't want to be. I feel like he didn't want to like be messed up about and be be like oh i'm not coming or no i don't want to come because obviously it was something that was important to her so it was like well i don't want to disappoint you or maybe he just doesn't know how to set boundaries which truth and truthfully that's a that's a whole other like thing that comes out of it in terms of like yo setting boundaries is important and i yeah i think it 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 shows how in both situations for men and women you know, boundaries have to be set. Like if you are dating somebody and talking to somebody and you want a certain outcome and you're not going to get that outcome or you're not getting that outcome, it doesn't seem like that person is on that path. You have to set boundaries because you will get, you know, deadlocked into this space of situationship, which is very common today. And a lot of us do it. And it's extremely comfortable for the avid situation shipper and it's very uncomfortable for the relationship but truth of the matter <laughs> is like we just want two different things at this point in time and you kind of hanging around statistically don't really means that i'm going to eventually be a relationship because i just want a situation ship yeah anyway. and sometimes people are in situationships for a very long time and the person peace out and be with somebody they met just randomly mm-hmm. <laughs> very true happens every day so i think you know that that boundary about what this is is important because i think if he had a set this is when she approached him with the you know you could see me hey that's not really what i want right now you know yeah and was oh i don't think he was okay with losing somebody else yeah yeah absolutely and so 
because he couldn't take he wanted somebody to fill that void so he wouldn't have to deal with the hurt just like Issa's doing she wants somebody present she wants different people present so she won't have to deal with what's really happening in with Lawrence right. so it's 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 very it's a very interesting dynamic so the other thing um, I, I wanted to ask, what do you think, if anything, what do you think the show means for black millennials? Like, is it, do you feel like it's making a statement for us? Do you feel like it's just entertainment? Do you feel like the show is kind of pivotal and monumental in a sense? Or do you feel like it's just kind of like a show that's like, you know, it's just good for entertainment? I think it's it's a mirror to black millennials um to kind of see ourselves in different positions um in different lights because i think it covers a lot of different aspects of people and relationships and trying to work through the messiness and sometimes if you don't see yourself reflected um in any type of way um on screen you'll begin to think that your story is unique and that other people aren't dealing with the same stuff but when you see it and then it opens up conversation like, oh, I know somebody like Molly. Oh, I know somebody like Issa. Or I know somebody like Kelly. Or I know somebody like, uh, what's the bougie girl? I always forget her Tiffany. name. Tiffany. You start seeing these situations. Now, I don't think some instances theirs is extreme on certain levels. Right. Uh, but just even if you can't relate to their relationships uh you know, Molly's dating life, you might can relate to her job life, you know, or what she's going through at work right. or what she's going through with her family or with Issa, you know, just simple things of how her, her and her brother navigate. The, the funny thing was she was like, Molly was like, I, you can stay with me. She was like, I love you too much to stay with you. And it's like, what you going to stay with your brother? Um, it's, it's, it's just, you know, those things, knowing family dynamics and knowing like, yeah, I can live with my brother because I know that we'll get on each other's nerves, but I know we're going to still be siblings after this. If I live with you, we might not be friends after that, you know? Right. Um, so just simple dynamics. I think it's relatable and we need to see multi-layered. People need to see, the culture needs to see multi-layered black millennials. Yeah. I 100% agree. So I feel like I feel like it's 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 powerful to us in a sense that it's very relatable, right? So we can pick and choose. This is why so many people are talking about it. This is why it's always a trending topic on Twitter when it's on. Um I feel like everybody, no matter who you are, can get into this show. Um if you're just around a group of people, you know, it's a it's definitely a brunch conversation that comes up. Um, it's just a, a, a hangout party type thing that comes up like people can talk about it because it's all relatable. I think that it's really powerful, too, though, um, because it gives a peek into our culture and our lives without exploiting it. It does it in such a way that you there's still a lot of dignity in these people and the things that they do. And and you see them, you know, wrestle with certain things in terms of which we didn't get a chance to talk about. But in terms of can black people be racist and how does that look and how does it look when we are faced with, you know, a black person being racist to another group? And how we deal with it and, you know, how we can be very passionate and, and understand it coming from our way and really struggle with having to go against it in another way. 
excuse me, in another way, because we need to get what we we, we want out of it. Um, but it's still done in such a way that it's not. It raises a conversation. Right. So it makes you it makes you understand Issa's position. It also makes you kind of understand the plight of her, 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 uh, her colleague, her white colleague. And it's like, Oh, I kind of get, like, I get what you're saying. But then I also feel like if I was in that situation, I'd probably do the same thing. Um, Mm -hmm. so I feel like it gives other people, honestly, just a peek into who we are in our culture. And I feel like oftentimes we have to be, you know, these pillars of success and perfection because we are educated. We have degrees, we have master's degrees, um, you know, professional certifications and, 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 degrees and all of these things that we're, we're achieving and we're leaders in in our jobs and our organization. And so I feel like I remember telling my coworker, I was like, so I feel like if you watch that show, cause she said that she watched a couple episodes. Um, and I was like, yeah, I feel like if you watch that show and you, you have, she, she said, I think she said she watched, maybe the the a couple episodes from the first season and like some episodes from the second season but she didn't watch all of it um but i was like i feel like i can really relate to Lawrence a lot and then she was like oh, you're not that guy and i'm like yo i think that because of how i am at work you have this idea that i'm just like picture perfect and it's like nah i'm kind of jacked up too um as much of us um, as many of us are you're jacked up as well but you know you expect me to be quote unquote, the exception to all of these rules in which, you know, maybe I'm the exception to a a number of them, but in certain, some ways I have issues and flaws too. And, and much like, you know, people from other cultures work through their things or have, you know, certain things that they, they're, they're accepting of their friends of, or, you know, people in their, their community. It's like, well, I accept that they do this and I kind of learn to work with it. I feel like it kind of gives people the ability to do that for us but in a way that we can be proud of and we're still dignified so we still are listening to you know our ratchet music and we super educated and Mm. i might have like this uh crazy wild sexual experience but i'm also like really trying to have this part of my life be wholesome and have some sort of morals and like I realized that there was a problem. So I'm never going to do that again. Cause I grew from it. Like it just, it, it allows people to see that, yo, I can, they can be multiple things. And so it, it makes us a mirror, but it also just allows other people to truly get like the humanity of us and realize that, yo, like how are black people? Black people are just like all other people. We're just black and have a dope behind culture with it. Like, yeah, and speaking, even speaking to that, and Molly thinking about the conversation that Molly, Issa, and Kelly were having about her going to an all black firm and an all white firm, staying at an all white firm, I thought was really interesting because it would seem like she would just like be happy to go with all black people because it's relatable, but it's like she's hesitant because even though it's her skin folk, she don't know like if it's gonna still be good a good space. She already know what she got to deal with. Um, she don't know if she necessarily want to go to that space. And then Kelly kind of going back and forth with the pros and cons was hilarious. Um, <laughs> especially when she said uh, Tyreek was trying to baptize her at work. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, weighing those situations, I think was really, I, I loved how they did that because those are real situations. Yeah. And I think it's important to 
to highlight those conversations. And we have those conversations and those issues when it comes to even internally, right? So working with a bunch of of us or being around a bunch of us, which is not something that I felt like I've ever I've never had a problem and I realize I'm I'm kind of the I'm an exception to the rule in the sense that honestly being around a whole bunch of black people, I get real excited because I'm like, oh, yes, this is, us. this is great. Then I realized that like, you know, all of us aren't my, my kin folk. And I was like, oh, wait, it's, I don't all y'all don't get it. All right, cool. So it's not the same. <laughs> um, but 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 the, the truth of the matter is in what to whatever capacity we all have or do struggle with this idea. And I think it's something that we have to actively you know, calm down and, and, and not allowed to grow this sense of, well, you know, black people do this and black people are like this or um, just kind of like adopting those negative thoughts about us and saying like, oh, this is what all black people do instead of just realizing, well, people do these things, people in general. And so you probably feel like all black people do this because you mainly hang around black people. But if you start hanging around some other people, you'll realize they do the same thing. And it's not just people like... People are people. Exactly. People are people. It's not just quote-unquote black people because, I guess, because our skin's darker that we just do this. Like, that's not really true. Um, but I feel like, you know, that's a true conversation that we have in terms of, especially in a professional sense. I know for me, um, in a, in a professional in the professional world, I I see... When I see another black person, I get... I used to be embarrassed to say it too, but I get really excited in terms of like, Hey, I want to connect to you. I want to know you. I want to be, you know, I just kind of want to be, have like a camaraderie with you. I want to, I it, want it to almost be, seems like a face face. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and, and not even saying that like there was, it's not situations where like something crazy was going on. So it was like, Oh, we got to band together because it's all this craziness. It's like, nah, this is actually I mean, it's a cool environment. I don't have a problem with it. Everybody does what they need to do and it's friendly. And then, you know, it's all, it's all good. So I'm good here, but I feel like, Hey, I see you. I'm excited. You want to know this? I remember talking to, um, a friend that was Asian and she was talking about how she was like, yeah, you know, Asian people just always gravitate towards each other. We just always do it. And I was like, is that something that's intentional? You just happen. She was like, no, I just feel, she's like, I tend to do it because I feel comfortable. And I feel like you'll understand, you know, even if we don't come from the same place, um, you'll understand kind of how my, my parents think, or you'll understand like how just things are. So it's just like, I can probably relate to you more. So that's why I do it. And I'm like, what's so funny is you do that and you feel comfortable in it. And you can say that. And you don't, nobody looks at you and says like, that's a problem. Like, oh, you know, you shouldn't. Like, why are you thinking that way? You shouldn't do that. That's racist or that's reverse racism. Nobody says that to you because it's like it's an expectation that it's okay. You know, you guys have a a, a, a sh- shared experience or shared culture or similarities that you can relate to. All right, of course you would do that. But when it comes to us, we're kind of like, nah, we don't want to do it. And I've always felt bad to articulate that. And now I'm like, no, that's not a bad thing. Like. Yo, I, I I do want to be connected to, to you. But I said that to say that I always view people like that. And there was a lady that works in um, the building that I work in. She works on the same floor with me. She I don't work with her directly. Um, I just see her in passing. And I used to all, always speak to her and she never spoke back. Um, and I also like when new people would come in, she would be introduced. So she would like pass by me. 
not say anything to me and go introduce herself to them. And I was just like, dang, like, this is real. It's kind of weird. Like, you don't say nothing to me. Like, and I, 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 I go out of my way to try to, you know, run into her just to say like, hey, to try to spark conversation. Cause I'm like, hey, I feel like we should be, I at least want to know who you are. Like, we ain't got to be buddy, buddy. You know, if it's organic, it's organic. But I at least feel like I should know who you are. Um, And then I had a conversation with another colleague who was like, no, she's very intentional about making sure that she is not one of those black people that's always congregating with other black people or just talking to black people. And I'm like, well, I talk to everybody else, too. Like, I go to lunch with them. I hang out with them. Like, it's not just I'm just trying to meet black people. I just also... But I do go out of my way to try to meet the black people to just be like, hey, like you're you're new from in the area. I am, too. One of the guys was from Florida. I found out was from Florida. And I'm like, yo, you know, not only we two young black dudes here, but we from Florida. This cool. Like, let's talk and, you know, whatever. So I just think that's a good thing. And I realize all folks not like that. And but I think that's something that we should be able to talk about. Right. We should be able to discuss and, and, and define where that comes from and why that is. And I'm actually personally really interested in knowing people that do approach other black people in like a pr- professional setting like that. Like what, what is your, what's your problem with it? Like, why can't you, or why don't you feel the need to do that? I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I I remember when I used to work in corporate America, I used to be excited to see black people, uh, especially when it was like uh, all, um, all white setting and it's only a few it's like a safe haven of relatability yeah and then you run into some bad bad ones and then you're just like oh okay well i'm just gonna deal with anybody who nice <laughs> right <laughs> yeah that that is that's always not good but i'm i'm, I'm very I, I try to be very careful to not like be like always oh, just you know it's all of us i just that 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 term, and I know we're getting off a little bit, but that term just in general, hearing people be like, I hate working with all of us. I hate when so many of us to get together. You know, when we get together, we don't know how to act. Stuff like that just really gets under my skin nowadays. I used to just be like, whatever. But now it's just like, yo, that's not true. Like, that is not true. Like, you cannot do that. Like, when you get, when people be like, oh, when you get a bunch of us together, it's always ratchet or it's always ghetto. That, I mean truthfully that's not true have you gone to and i'm only saying this because they're in dc but if have you gone to like a howard homecoming like that's not true everybody's not like that everybody's not doing that like you know what i'm saying you can find that anyway if you go to a football game of uh heck what was that one game it was like a college football game and the team lost and they like flipped over a car and set stuff on fire and all this other stuff it's like i don't they do that a lot yeah so it's like but we don't say like oh you know when you get a lot of white people together they terrorize like that's just not nobody does that yo so why are we doing that like why are we subscribing to this idea that too many black people in one space is a bad thing i think it's a beautiful thing like i feel like we we need to have variety you do need to have somebody that might be a little loud and a little ratchet or super country or a little ignorant like you need to have that because that that's that represents that person and where they come from or just who they are as a person there's diversity in it like we all aren't the same we all yeah we we shouldn't approach anything and for me and i just i 
I despise when I hear people say it, but like, oh, too many of us is a bad thing. It's like, no, it's really not. It can truly be a beautiful thing. I can learn. I've learned so much about people. Yeah. (laughs) About life and just life experience. I think even like, you know, our friendship, like we grew up in two different environments. We have two different, we live two different walks of lives of life, but we, connect on so many levels and we understand so many different things and like although our life experiences are extremely different we can like sit down and have a conversation and actually have good fun and have fun talking about you know our past our our upbringing and stuff like that and it's like i truly don't understand where you're coming from at all even now like when you talk about like you know my parents said this or i talked to my parents about that i'm like i can't relate but i think it's dope like I learned that the diversity in us, and that's a beautiful thing. So when there's a bunch of us, I just think it's it's equally, if not more beautiful. Yeah. I personally don't like crowds of any color because I'm an introvert and I don't like to be around a lot of people at one time. It's just overwhelming for me. I can understand that. (laughs) But I... (laughs) I don't like, like you said, I don't like the stereotypes either. And it's funny because I used to be very... I used to speak stereotypes a lot in in my conversation, especially growing up. Uh, but just as I had to engage with more people, you see like the stereotypes start coming down. Right. Like, the more you engage with people, you could tell who doesn't engage with people by their their thoughts about people. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, well, you don't know a lot of people. Oh, you don't get out much, obviously. And, and yeah when you do it's probably around the same like three people and you be like oh my diverse group of friends and it's real like four people <laughs> but anyway we have been going in on insecure for a long time probably about an hour um and we expected this show to be long so um do you have anything else specifically that you wanted to talk about or we could no, that's all I got. Okay. I, I'm ready for the new season. Yes. Season three, we will be on it. Um, Y'all hit us up. Y'all let us know what y'all think about Insecure. Um, This season was amazing. Obviously, we love it. We talked about a lot of things. We dived into a lot of things. What things did we miss? Um, What things that stuck out to you? for this season i of course obviously we like to talk about it so we definitely would love to engage with you guys hit us up on twitter at brunch culture and on instagram at brunch underscore culture and we will be back for our toast to roast All right, guys, we are back and it is time for our toast or roast this portion of the show. We like to toast or some toast something that we liked for this week or roast something that, you know, we just over and we hate. So this week I have a toast and I am going to make it very short and sweet. Um, I want to toast the hand in hand telethon that happened on Tuesday, um, September 12th. The hand in hand telethon was was put together to help the recovery efforts of Houston. Um, of course, we all know that Hurricane Harvey took a very, very nasty toll on Houston. And a lot of people were um, lost, it, lost everything, not even, you know, specific things, but every, 
everything. There's a lot of lost lives, people mentally and emotionally damaged just from having to deal with that. Um, somebody painted the picture this morning when I was listening to the radio saying, like, imagine the trauma, you know, the children that were in those homes and saw all of that water. Imagine the trauma they're going to experience the next time they hear thunder or they have to experience just a typical rainstorm having to be rescued um, when your entire home was flooded with water and there was wildlife in your house and all of this crazy stuff. It's like, dang, you don't think about that. But that that's that's really um, it's really serious and it's real and it's sad. And so the hand in hand telethon actually raised uh, as of like, I think they said 1 a.m. Um, on Wednesday, they raised forty four million dollars and there were celebrities from all over that came and 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 helped out and, and put out promotions to just get funding at Ford and. That to me, that's just amazing. Forty four million dollars in one night is incredible for anybody to do. But the other thing that um, other reason I want to shout it out is all of those funds are going to a specific organization that focuses on helping um, those people that don't get as much coverage as the other. So it's 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 really to anybody. And I don't want to say it's just helping like minority people because that's not true. But it really is. Um, I was listening to Ricky Smiley um, morning show this morning and Bun B was on there, rapper Bun B. And he was talking about how those funds are going to the things that you don't think about. Right. You don't think about the people that were renters that lost everything and all of the things that they, they might need um, from something as, as simple as like toiletries or uh, a book bag for their kids or something as large as like, hey, I completely lost my vehicle. I need a vehicle to get my children around. Um, my family around and just things like that. Like there, th- th- that money, those monies are going to be going to fill in those gaps in which the larger scale organizations don't really help recover. They're focusing on things like infrastructure um, and just kind of like city roads and stuff like that. But this is going to more specific needs to particular families. Um, and so I just think it's amazing. I just want to toast to to that effort and everybody that was involved and in, involved in that effort. Um, I think it's beautiful to see with so much going on in our country and so so much hate all of the time and having to see you know people dying and 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 uh, people being killed and you know people being polarized and and things being polarized and just people just being upset at you know, peaceful protests, but then also being upset at violent protests. And it's just like, there's so much, there's so many reasons to be upset and to be tired. And then to see something like this happen to see all of these people step in and raise those funds for people that they, they don't even know when they don't, didn't have to, to me, it's just a beautiful thing. So toast to hand in hand. Yes, definitely. That's awesome. I want to toast this week to Ebony K. Williams. She is a, um, uh, uh, she has a show on Fox, which is interesting. Black Ooh. people on Fox. Uh, <laughs> and so I just, I thought her, I, she was on Breakfast Club this morning and I was like, oh, this should be interesting. So I was like ready for Charlamagne them to roast her. Um, but she actually, she has a new book called Pretty Powerful. And she is, I think she's a Democrat. So she's on Fox News and a black woman that's a Democrat, but a lawyer. And when she talked, like, they were like, why Fox? And she said one of the things that was important because she did trial law for so many years is she was like, the people that watch Fox News 
are oftentimes the people that's in the jury box. Mm. And she was like, I realized that if I wanted to impact the justice system, one of the things is you need to have representation of black people that humanizes them in environments that the people that we're going to have to interact with on a, when we get to trial, um, will see us differently. And I was like, Oh, I never thought about it like that. But I think that's an important point that she brought to the table because we live in a culture where it's kind of like, well, if I don't like your opinion, I can just block you or I can unfollow you without realizing that doesn't send these people away. Right. And sometimes you have to interact with them to make their view, to help their view of black, to humanize their view of black people. Right. And so she just talked about that. And I thought it was, it was a really, uh, it was a really good interview. I don't know if I would go as far as her on certain points, but I think, you know, she really presented herself well. It was really, it was a really, I was impressed. Like I started following her after that. Um, and so uh, she talked about, you know, she kind of is really tempered in what she says. But in the case of Charlottesville, the reason they had her on because she went in on, tr- on, on Trump because of the Charlottesville. And she took a lot of flack for that because, you know, it's Fox News um, and just the people that watch Fox News obviously are Trump supporters. Um, and then she talked about the fact that her mom voted for Trump. And her mom is a lifelong Democrat, but she voted for Trump because she thinks all politicians are 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 liars and she doesn't trust them. So her thing and she owns a small business. And so she was like she talked about her <laughs> congratulations with that. <laughs> she talked about her, how her mom, her and her mom like got into legit, you know, disagreements going back and forth over that. And so I just thought, you know. All things considered, I think she was she presented herself very well. And I would have when I think of black person on Fox News, I think of Stacey Dash. And so Ebony Williams was a nice breath of fresh air from that. And so, I mean, I mean, I'm thinking about buying her book because I thought it was really good. But um, she even talked about like black black women and having male mentors. And, you know, how some people only like to be mentored by one gender. And she was like, listen, I want to be mentored by the best. So male, female, is it doesn't matter. And, you know, I think that's important because I have male mentors as well as female mentors. And because of society, sometimes people look at a, a woman that's up and coming and they see an older male mentor and they think something crazy. Um, but I think I really like that she touched on that, too. Yeah. Oh, shout out to Ebony Williams. Oh, yeah. Check out her interview on The Breakfast Club. Let me know what y'all think. So we're going to leave y'all with today's good vibe. Today's good vibe comes from Dan Brinton. And it says there are two kinds of leaders, the givers and the takers. The takers eat well, but the givers sleep well. I love that. Yeah. When you said that first, I was just like, yo, that's that's it. Because I feel like it's I'm not going to get on a soapbox, but it's so it's very simple. But it says a whole lot because, I mean, you could you could get all this stuff and you can have all this stuff, but you won't be, sometimes you won't be able to sleep at night because your conscience won't let you because the means, the the end didn't justify the means. That's like, it. And so um, make sure you, whatever you're doing and whatever vision and goal you're trying to achieve and in your leadership positions that you have integrity and in all you do and you don't try to do things at all costs, that you consider people um, and that you give back and not just be a taker. Um, because at the end of the day, like Kevin Hart said, you're going to have to see those people on your way down. 
everybody you treated wrong, you'll have to see them on your way down. So be a giver, not a taker. Hey. So what? thank you for listening to another episode of Brunch Culture. We really, really appreciate it. You can catch all our past episodes at brunchculturebc.com. You can follow us on Instagram at brunch underscore culture on Twitter at brunch culture on Facebook at facebook.com backslash brunch culture. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We're literally everywhere. Just search brunch culture. Interact with us on social media using hashtag chatbc. Also, rate us on Facebook, I mean, on Stitcher, on iTunes, on Google Play. We're on all of that stuff. We would love to hear from you. Your rates, your your uh, your ratings, your how you rate us matters to us, <laughs> I should say. Um, so we appreciate you. We love you and we thank you for your consistent support. And remember here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.